You're listening to Seeking Change, the podcast where industry collaborates on eco-efficient minerals and made possible by our visionary sponsors. In today's episode of the 2020 Seek Medal Insight Series, Seek Director Simon Hilly does an impromptu interview of Operations Medal winners on the occasion of their medal presentations in North America. You'll hear from winners Alan Boylston, Kevin Murray, Isaias Arce and Peter Lind, as well as Mark Adams. This exciting piece of work really drives forward the business case for more eco-efficient minerals, and they share their inspirations and learnings from their winning work, a partnership between Newmont and Metso Utatech. The winners explore how to push the boundaries of what industry is doing, the financial case to show which new approaches are possible, and the future of processing and comminution. They also cover what leading miners and equipment designers are doing to find breakthrough combinations of new technologies to save energy and water with success. So we're excited to now hear our medal winners' insights on the story and work behind the SEEK medal win, their views on leading change in industry in the future. And I'd like to welcome again SEEK Director, in Vancouver, Simon Hilly, who will now interview each of the winners. Over to you, Simon. Look, I'd like to put my first question. It's sort of, it's sort of a virtual panel, I guess, we've got here today. And so I'd like the first question really to go to Alan. And Alan, you know, um, obviously, can you share a little bit of your um, thoughts around, you know, where you got the inspiration for the paper, you know, sort of being the lead on, on this paper, you know, is clearly uh, something that you know, was an idea that, that you had. Can you, can you maybe talk us through your inspiration? Sure, Simon, you always have the best questions. Uh, and yeah, the, the question on inspiration is, is uh, certainly a, a, you know, relative one here. Uh, the, I think really the inspiration is, uh, is the, the relationship that Peter Lind and I had developed over a number of years working on uh, closely on some projects. And as we pushed around different ideas, you know, we both started to think, well, you know, what would happen if, if we were really able to push the boundaries of, of what the industry is doing now and take all these emerging technologies and, and put them together? And, and where can we get on the flow sheet uh, side of things? Uh, and then we started talking about, well, you know, how can we actually take it to the next step and put some, some dollars and cents behind things in terms of the CapEx and OpEx and really try to show the industry that, uh, you know, these kind of things aren't, you know, necessarily just a pie in the sky, that, uh, that we can, in fact, do these things and, and do them in a way that makes sense for, uh, for all these, you know, for, for mining companies. Yeah, I think you raise, you know, a good point around, you know, you've got to wrestle with the idea first before you really find where you want to go. And, and I guess to that point, you know, when you look forward, maybe five or 10 years, where do you actually see communication energy efficiency sort of landing, uh, you know, from your perspective as a sort of, as a technical leader um, from the, um, the vendor side of things? Sure. You know, I, I think uh, there are a couple of, uh, you know, technologies that are in use and are constantly being developed that are definitely going to help uh, ore sorting, uh, you know, the uh, 
and here I'd like to thank uh, you know Steinert and uh, and Scantech for for walking me through their technologies. But at, for every ton of ore that you don't have to process in the mill, uh, that is obviously a big energy saving. So I think ore sorting is going to be a, a big part of the future. And then uh, I think you know as we mentioned in the paper, trying to keep things dry as long as possible. Uh, that's going to save uh, a lot of water down the track. And so uh, you know we're kind of hitting two birds with one stone there. And, and as it turns out. Uh, some of the technologies uh, to to grind and crush dry happen to be very energy efficient, like HPGR technology. So I think when you start putting those things together, you're going to make some big step changes in terms of both energy efficiency and water efficiency over the next five to 10 years. Thanks, Alan. And uh, it's a good lead into my next question, who, who I'll ask uh, actually Kevin Murray. You know, Kevin, you know, I'm aware that, you know, you're You've done a lot of research in and field work in the ore sorting field and contributed to this paper, I think, in that form. Where do you see um, the ore sorting uh, application in communication circuits going forward? You know, maybe you can talk us through what, what you're seeing from your perspective. Thanks very much, Simon. Um, you know, the I think that the development of ore sorting and as the technology progresses, you know, it's it's really it's very exciting as Alan kind of alluded to. If we can keep the rock out of the mill to begin with, we're going to save energy. And and the the technologies are developing and in really at at quite a fantastic rate right now, where we're getting into we're getting into tonnages that we can very um, we can apply to to our bigger mills and and we can. Uh, We've got centers that are giving us the kind of detection limits that we need so that we can make those good cuts. I think that over the over the next few years, we're going to continue to see ore sorting being uh, inserted at you know multiple stages in the in the process flow sheet, starting right at the face, all the way back through. We'll do some bulk sorting to to kind of scrape off some of the some of the low grade stuff early on when it's big and eventually move down to where we're dealing with the particle sorting and, and dealing with uh, on a rock by rock basis so that we're really only focusing and, and uh, the energy and processing the material that's really bringing value to, uh, to the whole process. So, so just, uh, you know, I guess an expansion question on that then, what do you see as the fundamental roadblock for or, or technological breakthrough required uh, in ore sorting in order to move it, it to be uh, commonplace in our processing flow sheets in the future? Uh, probably the, the, we've got it. There are a couple of, there are a couple of situations, you know, it, ore sorting is a tool. It's, it's like um, any tool, you can't use it everywhere on the, on the kind of at the bulk sorting end, I think we still have some some technological uh, challenges around the mechanical aspect of actually doing the sorting. Simply simply being able to separate uh, large or small tonnages from very large streams um, quickly and efficiently is a challenge. And then as we move as we move more towards the uh, the higher value precious metals, gold, and things like that. Um, sensitivity of sensors and the speed at which we can detect lower amounts are going to be the drivers there. So, you know, it's it's kind of mechanical at the at the at the front end, and then sensor based and and speed of of sensors and computing 
um, is still going to be a bit of a challenge at the back end. Is AS, um, you know, going to be in the sort of the youngest member of the team and probably uh, the one that should potentially have maybe a, a more open and, and visionary view of, of what the future in, in communication might look like. Um, maybe you can share with us, you know, what's your vision for communication in 10 and, and 20 years down the road? Right. I would say uh, you touched on it pretty well earlier um, when describing how you know, much energy is lost in the entire flow sheet. So just really, you know, being proponents and advocates of these, uh, you know, energy efficient flow sheets where we're using equipment like stirred mills or dry grinding or HPGRs and ore sorting, I think movements in that direction, you know, can really take large uh, strides and bounds um, when it comes to sustainable development. Because while we may not see the you know, the positive implications of that right now, you may see equipment like that and have some type of concerns over, you know, the costs you pay up front, but um, the real gain is what you may see 10 to 20 years from now. So if that mentality is really developed and bred uh, over the years, I mean, I think that's when 10 or 20 years from now, the percentage of that equipment and how much energy is really you know, utilized and utilized efficiently will really start to, you know, be more positive than what it might be now. So what, um, what's some, you know, innovative, crazy ideas that, um, that, that you see or you, you and your fellow students have seen, you know, worked on that, you know, completely different approaches that um, you might be able to sort of give us some insight into that we don't know about or our audience doesn't know about? Right. Okay. So that's, <laughs> that's a tough one. It's been a couple of years since I was in college. I will say um, in terms of like long-term sustainable development, I mean, uh, when I was in college, really, you know, that, that concept is uh, taught to us, um, but you don't really see it in the field. So it, at the time when I was in school, it was, it was difficult to really gain a good sense of how to, uh, I guess, implement that ideology. Um, especially depending on which field you end up in. Um, so as I went into Metso Autotech and got a good you know, understanding of mineral processing from a grinding side, I mean, one of the, you know, uh, some of the ideas that we've came across, and I mean, this is kind of just tailgating on the idea of the paper, but uh, was the implement or the, yeah, the implementation of or sorting uh, within the flow sheets. That was something that was relatively new technology to me, uh, at least to my, uh, you know, my knowledge base. Uh, whereas I really only saw it in practice one time in a lab scale unit. Um, with some of the internships and job I currently have, I mean, I traveled quite a bit, so I, I've seen, you know, some sites. But I mean, this was the first time that I really got a good understanding of it. So um, I would say to me, I mean, I. I don't necessarily think ore sorting is crazy, uh, but I think that it has a lot of potential and I mean, it can get pretty creative and uh, I would like to see how it's, you know, developed further and implemented more. Okay. So no secrets all given away there, Alan, so you can rest easy. Um, okay. So um, I might just uh, introduce um, Peter back into the screen. I'll step to the side so that uh, he can take center stage while I ask a question.
So, so Peter, um, you know, Alan touched on um, maybe an important aspect of this paper and writing all papers is, is about collaboration. Can you tell us about how this collaboration um, came together and, you know, what sort of, you know, management support you might have had for, you know, collaborating in this way? Yeah, it's a great, great question, Simon. In some ways, this, this collaboration kind of prepared us for the way we work now because, um, you know, Alan's in one country, I'm in another. And I remember we had the actual opportunity to meet for a, an early morning breakfast at the CMP in Ottawa um, back when we had conferences in person. Um, and it was a very early morning and it was challenging, but we, we, you know, we did it and we talked through some of the concepts that we wanted to develop. And I think it was a, a really good opportunity to do that. And afterwards, you know, we did a lot of the, the conversations um, you know, with all the authors um, by distance and, and really had a lot of back and forth and collaboration. And, and like Simon mentioned, we had a lot of support in terms of people reviewing the paper for us, giving us suggestions, you know, telling us it was too long. Um, those, those types of comments, you know, they, they do help. And I think, you know, we tried to get a message across that, that incorporated the, the financial side of things as well as the energy and water consumption. So I think it was a, it was a pretty big effort, but everyone played a, an important part. That's great. Um... So the, the other thing I think, Peter, that it'd be nice if you could share is really, um, you know, you put out a paper that has, you know, quite a few elements in it um, with, you know, when strapped together would be classified as a high risk flow sheet in today's thinking for, uh, you know, let's say a mega project. So those sort of you know, plus 100,000 tonnes a day, uh, you know, 50 million tonnes a year, four to $5 billion um, capital uh, spend. What do you see, you know, from your perspective as a limitation to companies uh, adopting these more energy efficient flow sheets? Yeah, I think, I think there's a couple of aspects that are probably holding things back. Um, a number of the technologies um, have existed for a while. Um, but the size and scale that they exist at requires you to have multiple parallel lines. And that's something that people, you know, want to stay away from in some cases. You'd like to have a few, a few larger units rather than, you know, a field of small ones in terms of operability. Uh, so that's one aspect that I think has to change. And that is changing. And I think it will continue to, to advance, whether it's stirred milling or ore sorting, um, just that capacity. Because of the deposits, so many of them are, are low grade. We're talking about very large tonnages, so you have to have that that capability. Um, the other thing I think we, we're going to see a lot more of is that incremental building into flow sheets. So, you know, someone's going to do this. Um, someone's going to be a first mover, and everyone's going to follow. That's typically what happens um, in mining. Um, it's going to take someone to make some of these decisions and actually, you know, put one of these flow sheets together. I think that'll be, uh, you know, pretty attractive for them, and they'll see a lot of benefit. And then everyone else will probably follow along soon after. And so I'd just like to ask Mark Adams from the newly formed Mezzo Autotech Inc. You know, from, from your perspective, and I, I'll ask the same question from Alan's perspective as well. You know, both Mezzo and Autotech, you know, have a long history of innovation and um, actually pushing the envelope uh, in terms of bringing the next uh, wave of innovation into the mineral processing industry. How do you see now the collaboration of two companies helping to um, accelerate that innovation into the things that Peter's saying to get that first mover moving? You know, do you see that the combined company has more bandwidth to be able to provide that kickstart um, in this area, or, or do you see that the 
general conservatism around flow sheet design uh, is going to persist for, for the future. Right here. Um, great question, Simon. I think, um, you know, when, when Metso and Autotech got together as two companies, two of the things that we realized right off the bat were that we really complemented each other in terms of what technologies we brought to the mineral processing flow sheet. And I think that that complement, as well as the fact that the cultures of the two companies were actually very similar, having similar histories in Finland, you put all that together and I think it just gives a, a more well-rounded uh, thoughtfulness to how we look at the whole process. And as well, you know, to, to further on that, to our R&D programs, uh, you know, what we're looking at. And we really have the opportunity to look across different technologies for what we're doing in different groups, combine ideas that were from Metso side or from ex-Autotech side and bring those forward in, in R&D. And I will also say, you know, this project that, uh, that, the, that the award winners have done is another great example of something that both companies love to do, both Metso and Autotech and now the new combined company, which is to develop uh, innovations partnering with our customers. When you have an idea that comes from a site and that we can help bring to life, but it really, you know, as, as, uh, as the award winners were saying in their speeches, uh, when you talk about the financial benefits and when we can make that a reality and we can bring a bit more of the techno technological development um, into the picture, I think all of those types of things are things that, that we look at that, that complement our ability to, to innovate in the industry as a whole. Thanks, Matt. And Alan, did you, you know, from your perspective as a sort of a, a grinding specialist, and I know you're not limited to just grinding, but, but in terms of leading um, the pack, you know, with HPGR development. What do you see, and and with the opportunity of the of the new combined company? First, uh, you know, there's with the new company, we have double the uh, the the bandwidth, as as we say. You know, we've we've got uh, the ability to to work on twice as many or, or more projects, and uh, really the ability to 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 see more of the playing field. Uh, and, and that's what I really get excited about because, you know, whereas in the past it was, you know, uh, a few uh, different opportunities. Now we have such a wide range of, of opportunities in, in every kind of uh, mineral and every kind of country. Uh, and that's where, you know, we can really get excited about uh, pushing these technologies in. And, uh, you know, in some respects, it's a lot easier to, to, to do these kind of transformative things on a uh, 20,000 ton a day plant as, a, as opposed to a... Uh, you know, 100,000 ton a day plant. So, you know, the, the more insight we get into those kind of things, I think we're going to be able to, to move the needle a lot faster. Uh, Brian, um, you know, from your perspective, you know, tech, uh, you know, one of the few companies actually building uh, mega plants. Uh, you've, um, uh, Ford Hills, you're building QB1 and QB2 and QB3 and all the other QBs that are coming down the pipeline. And as well as having you know, a, a very large footprint, you know, in South America and elsewhere. What is tech seeing in terms of innovation uh, in this communication space? You know, how bold do you think that tech could be moving forward in terms of flow sheet design? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we have the same challenges building mega projects as a lot of other people. It's, it's very tough to take a big substantial risk. <clears throat> I think a lot of what we're doing is more focusing on our existing operations to trial minimize that risk, um, and then ultimately be familiar enough with these, uh, these technologies to move them into greenfield sites. So um, we are doing ore sorting at Allen Valley Copper, and we're actually in the process of installing um, some other uh, sensor-based uh, technology to do bulk sorting um, background heterogeneity information definition. 
But yeah, fundamentally, there's a big challenge. If you're going to build 140,000 ton a day low-grade bulk mining copper sites, it's we're going to be watching those lower or smaller scale operations um, for a while yet, I think. Yeah, and from, from your perspective then, you know, what's the critical breakthrough that, you know, you think would be a game changer for whether it be on the sorting side or on the communication side that you're, you're really keeping a very close eye on? So personally, I'm looking for um, basically a technology that, that isn't almost a perfect trade-off between capital and operating cost. Um, it's very difficult to convince yourself to spend the capital. It's dollars that are, are sunk, sunk early. They're 100% guaranteed to be sunk versus an operating cost, which may or may not um, be impacted further down the pipe. So what I would like to see is something that is both a substantial reduction in capital and a substantial reduction in operating cost. And together, they should actually be a reduction in environmental footprint. Um, so I think that to me is the, the real key uh, at this point, it's it's still a pretty difficult trade-off for a lot of these um, technologies. So, yeah, hopefully we can get there. Yeah, I think that's uh, it's definitely the challenge. Is you can't win on both fronts right now, and, and I think that's kind of why we look at all sorting as uh, a potential game changer because it's cheap to do, um, other than at bulk. Um, so. It's kind of one of those, it's right in the, in the middle of doing it in detail and, and particle is expensive and, and doing it at bulk has a lot more risk. So uh, it, it, uh, there's no perfect solution. I think, you know, through the Seek Metal, through advocacy um, provided by, you know, METSO and Autotech in terms of um, sponsoring technical people to think differently, you know, I think we've got an opportunity, you know, to keep pushing the envelope here. And uh, yeah, just like to thank everybody uh, for their panel discussion, which is kind of weird, um, but fun all the same. Thank you so much, Simon, for your great questions. Um, what a fantastic interview. And to all four winners, plus Mark Adams and Brian Redden for all of your insights and vision. I wanna thank everyone for attending today, um, sharing those thoughts behind leading change and the medal win this year for operations. And thank you all for watching in the audience. And I also really want to thank Tech Resources for hosting this ceremony in these unusual pandemic times. And I want to thank our directors, the SIG directors and the Medal Evaluation Committee who really volunteer significant time and skills for free, as well as all of those people who get involved in the SIG movement and network, which means that we can all share innovative lower footprint approaches. And I'd also like to sincerely thank our sponsors who make SEEK's not-for-profit work across our worldwide networks possible. Without that, we wouldn't have the SEEK medal. We wouldn't have 750 growing towards 1,000 abstracts available on our resource centre on our website. We wouldn't have all of the sharing and the events and, and um, activities that SEEK can run. So very much thank the, the continued loyal and growing sponsor group that makes that possible. Thanks for listening, and we hope that this episode provided some food for thought. If you enjoyed the podcast, please head over to Apple iTunes or Google Podcasts and give us a positive rating and write a short review. This is the most effective way for us to share the key messages around eco-efficient mineral processing. If you'd like to get more involved in the work of SEEK, then head over to our website, seekthefuture.org. That's C-E-E-C. -E -E the future.org. 
you can subscribe to our monthly Seek News, check out our Resource Centre or get in touch if you'd like to know more about sponsorship by emailing admin at seekthefuture.org. Thank you.